0: Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promised to keep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan.
1: Woohoo! There is a big explosion! Hey everybody! Hi. Welcome! Both joel and ryan i am joel and i'm ryan well we're at hey it's season six
0: what
2: <laughs> how did
0: that like, happen
1: yeah what the season six we you know let's give it up for season six uh season thank you. six
2: will likely contain our 200th episode
1: i know uh somewhere it's crazy. in the summer maybe um, somewhere yep and um the big uh oh boy i'll have to start thinking about that now so i can put together our the big extravaganza again like we did for 100 um we'll see boy we're so I happy think, we're- i think
2: they'll get less interested in doing those little trips <laughs> down memory lane as we get older be like,
1: uh, well yeah but we in still the retirement
2: know. home they'll be like yeah 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 1200 I- way to go you guys just don't call me anymore <laughs>
1: I just still, yeah. I mean, I still think there's got. Nobody be cares of what there. you
2: think about Avatar Seven. Go away,
1: <laughs> uh, Avatar Seven. And yet they'll still probably be using the papyrus font for all of their stuff. They have um, to. <laughs> Does that make you feel uh, good
2: that you got to say papyrus right here at the beginning of the year?
1: I mean, I do like saying the word papyrus, but I do not like the font papyrus.
2: Yeah, but it seems fitting uh, for them, doesn't it? Somewhat.
1: Well yeah it just feels like you know maybe you should have you could have taken the time and probably somebody could have developed their you know it's it, it's the, your own font yeah um, you could have done, done like the credits it. in
2: papyrus but you could have just done your own logo that's not just a font yeah. that unknown yeah. font with a call, yeah with a shadow behind it yeah, but hey, um, um, I know this. We might as well get this out of the way since we brought it yeah, up. Yeah,
1: let's do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's. But let's. We've been. Uh, we hammering uh, this been thing really, up.
2: We've been Avatar doubters <laughs> <laughs> for low this decade and change that we've been waiting for the sequel to come along. Yep, and at three weeks into release, that thing is wi- passing a billion dollars worldwide and heading towards two billion. I mean, and. Yeah. By all accounts, while still very much Avatar again, which is what it looks like, it's it it really is story worthy enough and um, and just well crafted enough that it care it's still carrying people away. There's not a lot of people. There's seems there's less people, which is stunning to me, complaining about Avatar two out there than were. Avatar, sorry, uh, Way of Water than were about Avatar 1, which was a film that had a lot of what is this kind of reactions yeah. to it. it. It's, yeah. And that's, it's that's weird. what we said all along. It's like, it's since, I don't know how long it's been since True Lies or whatever, since it, Terminator 2. Don't, don't bet against James Cameron. He's still the very, very tip top at what he mm-hmm. does and, and it's more yeah, than just I, I, the, it's more than just the effects and stuff. Like he's, he's got a way of storytelling that really gets right at something in, in p- p- humanity and that connects mm-hmm. with people in, in amazing ways. And it's, I just hats off to them. Cause that could have been a colossal blunder. And we really thought it had every opportunity to be one. Even Cameron in his pre prep interviews for the thing was like, well, people may not even want to see this anymore. Like he was saying the same stuff we were saying. He's like, geez, it's been a long time. I don't really know. know." You'll probably get the third one because we've already made that one, but I don't know about these other ones.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. You know, and the, yeah, I mean, and the fact that, you know, uh, Sam Worthington and, uh, you know, and Sigourney Weaver, you know, they've given up years of their lives where they haven't been, able to you know they just haven't done anything else because they can't because they've been (laughs) uh you know they've been shooting um,
2: back-to-back three-hour avatar sequels yeah um wherever they were australia or new zealand or whatever
1: yeah i mean it's kind of amazing that that you know zoe saldana's been able to do uh you know everything that she's been able to do yeah but I'm only that, yeah, one Star say.
2: Trek movie with which she was, uh, you know, only a, a ensemble member. And if you think about her screen time, like in Avengers or whatever, there's not much. Yeah. And, and yeah. Zoe, what Zoe says in interviews, which is interesting to me, so it's worth mentioning, is that she she's, it's really fortunate for her as, a, as an actor to be involved in these things that, That people are super interested in these big franchises that the corporations Mm -hmm. are willing to pay for, and that the residuals that sort of make the rest of your life sort of work. You know, it's an honor and something not to bitch about. But she says, as an actor, there's all these little roles and all these other movies that I've not been able to put anywhere in the schedule where I'm not, I feel like I'm not really growing. Because there's a way Joel's yeah. pointed it out before. You, you it's not bad acting, but there's a way of being in front of the green screen and having the dots on you, and there, there's a way of performing to make that work. Mm-hmm. And then there's then there are the there's other ways to approach it and other types of storytelling that she really has not been a part of. And I think it's that more than anything. Yeah. So we yeah, still on then, our radar very much so.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, this type of picture, I mean, again, yeah, I mean, everyone's giving it everything they got. And it's not that Cameron doesn't give a crap about what the performers are doing. No, no, not at all. Not not at all. It's just this, like you said, it's a type of storytelling. As a performer, you know, you're not really, you're not digging, you're not digging, you know, super deep to, to get at some of these things because you simply can't because you're trying to do 14 things all at the same time and give, you know, and, and you're, you're trying your best to give as weighted and as lived in a performance as you possibly can but there's only so much you can do when you're in a body suit and have thing, you know, these instruments hanging off yeah. of you and you're, you know, dots and trying to, and acting opposite, you know, and when they are like, and look over there, it's a giant flying thing. And you're like, oh, oh, look at that. And that's, it's just, it's like that. It's like that dumb. Uh, it, I don't even remember. It's for progressive insurance or whatever it is where they're like, they, they, the, they're going, Oh, the monster's in the space. And we got to get to the shuttle. And then they get there and the dude's like, uh i'm a monster Uh, (laughs) he's a very
2: bad monster actor though to be fair i i think he gives a bad name to those facts well
1: i agree i agree he clearly uh he clearly was phoning he's a a funny commercial
2: uh, actor that guy yeah but i would guess those suit guys who dress up in that stuff like they super get into it i think that's the only i I think that's the only way it, it can work honestly
1: i would hope so so i think i would hope i think doug
2: jones and andy circus and guys are sitting at home watching that dude going that guy sucks Ugh. that's the suckiest alien ever
1: andy circus oh, i'm just uh, man yeah i, I just was thinking you know we had talked uh before we before we started recording the podcast we were uh we were mentioning a couple of the other shows uh that are out there right now like um uh, Andor and uh, Willow and things like that. And Ryan hasn't had a chance to uh, just sit down and watch, watch Andor yet. Yeah, he's been long. watching movies. Yeah, but um, and Andy Circus, Andy Circus, really great in in Andor. Um, Is he
2: super? super he's, yeah, he's he's fantastic he's actor.
1: Such obviously. a good actor yeah such a good guy um all right well folks well again so yeah that was you so know, i know we had a little tangent on has avatar nothing to do and, with the oscars
2: although maybe next year's oscars but avatar it seemed it is the report dangerous. card has come yeah. in since we've been off so it felt like we should acknowledge that it. it's yeah on its way to being. i mean probably not domestically the biggest movie of the year i think top gun will hold that down actually because that really was mm-hmm. a phenomena earlier in the year but It'll get close to that, and I think globally it'll probably surpass it by a touch, and that's oh, that's yeah. as well as they could have hoped it could have gone. Yeah, out. I think
1: Avatar, yeah, I mean, Avatar will do, I mean, Avatar is made for a world audience. It's not, it, it's not a US. summer
2: movie where the next summer movie is next week. It's it's going to have all of January and all of award season basically to itself. Yeah. There's some things coming out, but it, nothing to rival that as a theater experience, I don't think. Mm-hmm.
1: And it is. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Ryan and I did not say that we, oh, this thing's going to tank. It's going to suck. We didn't. We were firmly on the fence going. Ah. <laughs> it, so it anything
2: is, could happen. I I, I,
1: I got it. I will say, though, I got to admit, I did not. I thought it was going to do well, but I did not expect it to be pulling in the the kind of I mean, and and. And again, it's it's one of those movies that's kind of review proof, um, which is why so many of the, you know, and when and when reviewers know that it's a review proof movie, that's when they'll they'll try to you know pull out their best like this movie's crap, and try to you know we haven't seen really a lot of that
2: into- though a little bit a few people don't like it it's long yeah, I mean few- it's it, there's overkill to it over stimulus mm-hmm. if you will but. The um, critic, the critic rating on it's not as high as the audience rating as you'd expect, but it's up in the, you know, uh, high seventies, low eighties. That's good. That is. Is it good really? It's that high. I didn't
1: even realize it was that high. Um, but I mean, yeah, I on Metacritic,
2: was- I don't know what its tomato rating is, but mm-hmm. I, I would think very high because I think even if you only like it a little, you you it, it the to not like it is to take a big leap toward just denying the thing what it is which is giant yep. event cinema and you know
1: it's it's tomato rating is 77 which right. is great
2: yeah
1: i mean that's re- for a movie like that it's really that's really good
2: yes
0: <sighs>
2: wow we haven't seen it yet i'm still have an aversion to going out to the theater and i've been watching last year's movies and a bunch of you know mm-hmm. things to get us going here in the new year as we look back and what, what do we always start the year with looking back at
1: yeah we yeah and, it, and it, yeah this year is no different we are gonna go ahead and take a look at um uh the academy awards from last year
2: benefit of and, hindsight edition
1: <clears throat> yep our 2020 look back uh to see hmm, did they get it right um and <laughs> uh and if they and if they didn't where did they go wrong and also it's always It's also fun to see, you know, even if they did get it right, uh, does that movie have staying power? Like, are we still talking about that movie a year later? Hey, Um, I'm going to do something
2: funny. Oh, boy. Because you made me think of something. I am going... I don't know what year it was. I'm not going to look it up. Joel doesn't need to look it up. It's not important. But I believe it was the first alt Oscars where we did the whole ceremony. I chose... uh, um. Call Me By m- Your Name for Best Picture. Oh, sure. That was the year The Sh- Shape of Water won Best Picture, which while we both like Shape of Water a lot, neither of us and hardly anyone I ever come across thinks that was the best picture of that year. Mm-hmm. It was one of those weird ones where all the movies were kind of the same-ish, and I think it was picked because of it. it's so unique. Um, and I still like Call Me By Your Name a lot, but I, it's what's become obvious in the years passing is that I like James Ivory a lot. Luca, who directed that film, has directed nothing but pretentious garbage since, and I'm not really a fan of his. And to the point that I'm going to go back and I really like the emotional experience that call me by your name took me on. And I still do. I was an emotional movie. That's what I was so taken by. And, and I believe I knew that at the time and explained that to y'all. I'm just going to emotion wins the day. This is the movie, but I am also have a brain. It's not all just from the gut Joel. Mm -hmm. And the more I think about, uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, the better it is and as the years have passed I've seen it about three times it gets better every time that was the movie of the year for me so I'm gonna I'm gonna make that switch maybe here with the better that's of what we
1: maybe that's what we should do sometime later in the year is we'll do a uh, a movie show Scurs, uh where we look Correct. back at our alt-scurs to see if we still think about what we chose as our old
2: hey I it's, that sounds stupid but i'm not ruling it out because it's hard to think of shows <laughs> yeah. y'all it's so a, yeah so uh, well maybe, here's maybe the thing is that. that we're we're
1: in season six now and and you know one of the things that ryan and i we always, can't do that top happens,
2: 10 80s fantasies again you know if we could do no, that every week we no, would we can't but we but it.
1: here's the thing i mean we have there's there there's uh i mean we have a whole list of shows uh, a, a whole list of things, uh, this big spreadsheet that we, that we uh, can look at from time to time. And, and we have, there are times where we're like, well, maybe we do a deep dive on this person or we do this. And then we're like, yeah, but I was kind of hoping to save that or something. Like that. And we're like, now we're six years in, we're six seasons in there's going to be times where we're like okay here we are we're doing it now because uh you know it's we've been holding off on also you know because we also are like well when we do that show that means we can't do that show anymore and so it's like uh like like when we did the deep dive on jaws and stuff that was a big deal because it's like well we've done our deep dive on jaws we don't get to do that again
2: yeah, Jaws can come and, up from time to time, but the the real digging into Jaws is mm-hmm. over, and now we'll have to think of something else. It is a little yeah. spooky. Jaws, Blade Runner, all those top twenty of our childhood films. Like when you trot those mm-hmm. out and dedicate an episode to them, it's like uh, we don't have that to fall back on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> there is an excitement to it, but there is that in the back of your mind. These, it's, yeah, get, well, that heck, list I did that show now, in, yeah. You know,
1: yeah and so but there are you know and and we do have an extensive list of things that it's like oh that's going to be a fun show we need to do that so that'll be a
2: great show something we've had some great suggestions that are difficult because of the breadth of them yeah you know best adaptations from books or or Mm -hmm. your favorite book adaptation and your least favorite and that that's a great Uh idea but they're and think of the movies out there that have been adapted from books there are yeah. millions of them i don't know if millions is right but there's so many that it just even, it makes your head spin a little bit to even mm-hmm. get started on something like that but it doesn't mean but, it's not but a even idea. like
1: uh but even like uh our you know best cameo or your favorite you know your favorite you know the number of really amazing cameos that have happened in movies that have like changed the way you look at that movie and you know that are it's like oh god okay i actually gotta th- think hard on that one and e- you know i hate
2: cameos by the way
1: i know ryan yeah the, but but still but even to do a show on cameos that takes a lot of thought to go because there are getting like,
2: jillions of them and and you know yep and i don't hate know, all cameos but in as a thing i'm anti-cameo <laughs> pretty much I think what you get mm-hmm. out of one compared to what you take from your thing by having one is is huge it's a big gap usually. But yep. all the more reason to see if you can find the great ones that are worth it because there are some, no question.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Um but that's not this show. No. We uh, this show is uh yeah we're kicking we the We kind of have to get going with the show, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, well, we just were wondering if we were going to have with my buddy Joel. I, well because that's also the thing is, is Ryan and I, you know, it's been the holidays. We've been off doing family things and and other you know and I still did I started a new job and Ryan's working hard, and Ryan's got you guys, Ryan's got so much stuff coming up in the new year. He's gonna be a very busy little bee. Um uh so, but and we might even get the Joel Solo show. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh and um but so anyway, uh but, what are you
2: gonna do? You're gonna yeah. put the Ghostbusters thing around my name on the logo or something when you do
1: it? <laughs> I would never. I would when never When I did my so solo
2: still... show, I did not have the benefit of graphic support. I had to That's do it true. all alone in a lonely room, speaking into a microphone, not knowing if anyone was listening. It was very scary. I...
1: I, I always thought that I was going to uh, go through and do the movie Victory, but just the game, and comment on the game as if I were watching it live for the first time.
2: Uh, that's and
1: cool. uh, but I sort of feel like we are. You know, I had my chance to talk about Victory in the uh, the double feature episode. Um, you know, Pele's passed away now. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see if that's. I, uh, we'll we'll Rest see. Rest in power,
2: Pele. You inspired oh, yeah. as many people as any athlete that's ever existed truly and And, and, mm-hmm. and, and you, uh, you were always, you always stepped up to do it in every way imaginable. We never catch caught you on a bad day truly. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not just saying that like, Oh, whatever it, uh, you know, I'll always sign an autograph or whatever. It's more than that. That guy was a humanitarian to the end he just used. Yeah, it, he really was. It's a fully realized life where he used every ounce of it and every waking moment to do right by the world and his fellow people around him, and and just what he terrific, did for, for uh, football alone is stunning. So,
1: yeah, there's a terrific, terrific documentary on him, and now I can't remember if it's on HBO or if it's on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, it's uh, it's new. It's I think it was 2021. Um, or maybe beginning of twenty twenty two, terrific documentary about his life. Uh, uh, it's really great. I I mean, and as a as a guy grow who grew up playing, I mean, the number of texts I got from people out of nowhere just going, "Hey, man, heard about Pele." You know, it's because I like everyone was like, "Oh yeah, that dude was important." Um, and I know Joel likes soccer, so he must be wrecked by it. And I'm like, "Oh well," I mean, it's not like I not like he was my buddy or anything but
2: yeah we these things affect us differently
1: (laughs) when you he did i mean i was like he did help the allies escape after winning the game in paris so
2: so uh, add that to your resume (laughs)
1: yeah so uh, (laughs) um all right okay we gotta get you know he's good in that
2: movie he's he's just good at soccer he's good in
1: it he's like he's like oh we the plan should be give me the ball here. And then I go like this and I go like this and I go like this and I go like this. And then I score and you're like, that's Pele right there, baby. Um, all right. So the uh, Academy Awards, the Academy Awards this past year, uh, you know, once again, was yeah, it 2021 you
2: know, had... eligible Academy Award, Academy mm-hmm. eligible films for the 200 2022 extremely memorable. Academy Awards ceremony that neither Joel or I watched out of protest. Yep, and um, um, I'm still and not then, sure what all happened. I should do some reading up on that, probably, but too late. Yeah, too I late mean, for this show.
1: Yeah, the the you know obviously it's the Oscars that will be remembered for absolutely nothing to do with any of the movies.
2: So all the more um, reason for us to concentrate on movies and get rolling.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so all right, here we go. The uh oh wait, this was the um well oh my gosh, sorry, I just wanted a quick look and make sure I had the number. Uh that was this the 93rd? Uh the 93rd.
2: This was Roman Academy. numeral, whatever, whatever, whatever. X V I V X. C. I think C it comes a Roman numeral when you get really high in
0: the
1: numbers. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the 2022 <laughs> Academy Award. Alt
2: I was thinking yeah. in solution to your problem of finding your shingle, maybe every show we can just hold a pose for really long that we like. <laughs> and you know, like right at the beginning or something, and mm-hmm. see if it <laughs> see if it then will pop up, and then you won't have to go digging for one that looks That's, nice. true. That's mm-hmm. a little sorry to do that as an inside baseball thing, guys. But we just we're trying to solve a a bit of a and chore I know none here. of.
1: And I know none of you listeners are know what we talk about because uh, people don't watch the YouTube feed of this. So, uh, you know, but I, I still I, I love. But to it's there for it you
2: anyway. It's like a, a loyal pet that you ignore and and uh, neglect and betray. Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. there for you when you need it. The YouTube yep. video. So it, it,
1: it's there um, and I love I, I like doing it. I will continue to do it. And uh, and that is the way this is the way.
2: Well, enough um, of that. We got these movies okay. are gonna be hard to talk about, so let's uh Yeah, yeah. Start. Okay,
1: so we're gonna go uh we're gonna go in alphabetical order. Everywhere uh, I see them the listed winner.
2: in alphabetical order, I normally like to finesse the order in Ryan wants to discuss
1: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, uh
2: but, for I this, do. We are but gonna... that's no, you know, like I do it in an order where that caters to me and my feelings, but this is just <laughs> this is purely objective in the order. Mm-hmm. alphabetical, uh, of the, how many nominees were there? Were there all 10 or were there nine? I can't remember.
1: Nine. This was nine. So if there's nine. another movie out
2: there that you love that didn't get the love, it, it there was a possibility for it. And it just uh-huh. didn't well, show and, up on the, this and, list.
1: Uh, and, and, friend of the show, Brian did bring, uh, bring up one, uh, friend of the show, Erica also brought up a movie that, uh, that they felt, um, Brian's was nominated. Been nominated,
2: uh, Erica's wasn't.
1: Erica's, uh, no, Brian's wasn't
2: nominated. Really?
1: Or did I, did I, am I losing my mind here?
2: Maybe I forgot to put it on there. Cause Brian, I thought it was, Brian made me want to take the, take the, the high road away <laughs> <laughs> from the Hollywood blockbuster. I feel fairly certain that Brian's suggestion will get. Oh, it, was. it comes, was. Oh, it nominated. did not.
1: Uh. It was nominated. Oh my god, I so can't there are believe ten. that. It was 10. This was 10. And movies. not only that,
2: the one we just added to the list that wasn't on it, it was a big white whale it's a big, movie too. So yeah, so yeah,
1: which which I enjoyed thoroughly. Uh yeah. I, I, that's I, that's an embarrassing way to start out season 6, Joel. Good job. No, nah, no. Nah. Um it's all good uh, alright so we're gonna start off though with uh, a little Irish film called Belfast a little
2: black and white Irish film
1: um I don't know if you guys know this but friend of the show Rob uh, <laughs> who's been on this show many times mm-hmm.
2: um I'm familiar uh, with Rob, him
1: yeah uh Rob Rob sort of likes himself some Kenneth Branagh
2: he, Rob uh, even yeah. Rob will even defend sleuth for you if you get a couple of drinks in <laughs>
1: Um, well, uh, so, uh, yeah. And, and it's, so it's no surprise that, uh, uh, he, w- Rob was nice enough to comment on our, on Facebook and tell us that he would have, uh, he does let's, say my book let unsurprisingly. Kick, let's
2: let Rob kick off. I mean, Belfast, what? uh, let's do the, do you have, let's do the synopsis of Belfast so people understand sure. what it I is. I mean, it's,
1: it's a young boy in his working class Belfast family experienced the tumultuous late 1960s um and uh and and here's here's what rob had to say about it Uh, my vote unsurprisingly would be for belfast i always gravitate towards films that feel as they would could only have come from that director and this was a very personal film for brana and that comes across much like the way you sense del toro in every frame frame of the shape of water and guaran's roma uh across Qu- heart Qu- Qu- uh, uh itself in in roma you feel branna in every shot of belfast it's not the most epic or universal or technically dynamic film but it is filled with heart drama and humor
2: yeah it's it there were a bunch of movies that came out uh the, the movie it reminds me of is is uh, hope and glory which again was a very personal uh film by John Borman about a little boy growing up during the blitz in London. Mm-hmm. And this sure. is the same thing, little little boy, you know, finding his way in the world and and uh during what do they call it? They call it the troubles or the what are they, it's such a great name for the what they call the the Catholic uh Protestant mm-hmm. um battling in in Northern Ireland during this time period and continued for quite some time afterwards and the i was i it, it's just very british it's like the the trials or the troubles or the difficulties. yeah i'm trying to none
1: of those are right but i it's been such a while since i've seen it too, here i mean I'll, I'll find it here though
2: um but anyway the He's a, a Protestant kid living in, which is interesting because we've seen similar stories from the standpoint of the Irish being oppressed by the Protestant, you know, government. Oh, yeah. Several, several times, this is a story about a, a primarily Protestant family. And that's that's a different perspective that I really, really dug. And everything that Rob says about it is correct. It, it's got a lot of heart. It's It's clearly very personal i don't think that the storytelling style screams kenneth branagh the way when you're watching roma you 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 feel the filmmaker in it or when you're watching this year's uh the fable you feel spielberg in it in every frame um mm-hmm. and i don't know that that's necessarily a criticism though i think he i think I think Kenneth, more than any other movie that he's ever made, takes his foot off the gas pedal from a stylistic standpoint. The thing's in black and white. It's a period film. It's from a. It's almost exclusively from a child's point of view, not exclusively, but almost. So mm-hmm. there's this sense of wonderment and amazement that he gets caught up in a riot because of his cousin who drags him into it, a looting riot. Uh, late in the film and he he realizes quickly once he's a part of it that uh, this isn't where i want to be at all but the 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 excitement about it and the, the the childlike way they think this is just going to be fun especially his cousin i can't remember who plays her she's a fantastic actor she was in Branna's failed uh, fantasy movie on disney plus its a name i'm not remembering um but she was great in that she's great in this um, she's all, oh, we're good to get to steal stuff and get whatever we want. Like she just sees it like a kid sees stuff. She mm-hmm. doesn't understand the violence and the, what's going to happen here. And, and it, even the resolution of that, it's not what you'd expect. He doesn't go, you know, the movies I was ripping on last year or years back, whatever, you know, films that go for the cheap, cliched gut punch at every turn. Are exhausting and they they it's people they're crowd pleasers in a way people do sort of dig them but they to me they they miss what is special about a true life story in that they they don't have any highs to deliver because it's just delivering them at this rate of of steadiness Belfast is very tempered in its in its storytelling it's a, it's a lovely story. Um, These characters are brought super vividly to life and it's a, it's a worthy choice for best picture. I don't, I don't think there's anything special enough about it really to warrant that it's ambition. Yeah. It's ambition is, is, is there definitely. And I did really adore it. It's just, it's a movie you just want to wrap your arms around. But I also admit that at it, 've seen a we've seen a lot of movies like this before and the style really isn't that interesting and the performance is well lovely I think uh several people were nominated for Oscars from it I don't think any of them really had a chance to win because they're they're these voices that are passing through this kid's life and I think in a, in a sense they don't really exist uh, the the big named mm-hmm. supporting characters I don't think they really exist in that in a world in a way that's feels real or feels uh, super deep, even though, even though what they have to say is important and their influence on him is felt in the film in a very, very real way. And that's, that's what my relationship with some of my older relatives are is like as well. They don't, I'm not sure who they are as real people. Joel and I have talked about this right. over, yeah, yeah. on the show before. Um, but that's their role in my life is this and that, that absolutely comes across in the film. So Branna won best screenplay despite writing a very mm-hmm. non plot related film. It really is lots of little slices of life. Um, the kid's too young to know what he's even going to be or what he wants you know it obviously being influenced by storytelling and movies is part of it, but there's no he the child himself has no ambition other than to get other than to academically achieve in a way that gets him to sit next to the girl he's sweet on, which is a really neat plot point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Joel, you saw Belfast, what do you I, think about sorry, it? Sorry, yeah,
1: it? I'm trying to, I was like, I was trying to find uh, that the, word. The... Well, it was the troubles. You were right. It didn't oh, sound
2: right when you when you said it. Because but, um, it doesn't sound appropriate thing to call <laughs> what that yeah. was. And yet that's what that's what I've always been so amazed by. Yes, in the back in the era of the troubles, it's just the troubles.
1: Yeah, I was trying to find the uh the the, the Disney series thing because it's uh, it's bothering me because I'm like, oh, I know exactly which one you're talking about. I can't remember. Um and yet, it's not coming up here as I'm looking through his.
2: Uh... Yeah, it's the story of the. It's like a the. It's like a, a kid story too. He's a villain. Yeah. Uh Brana directed a two-hour film that got cut down to like an hour twenty-five minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. it. it's, it's an incomprehensible mess of a movie. But it was fun, you know. Just like David Lynch's, just like half the people from Dune showed up in Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet. It just shows you that. Oh, that ones, even if the project ones. goes down in flames like the relationships the things there's lots of things of value you can pluck from a it, failure it and he mm-hmm. definitely did it in the case of that particular actress who's really wonderful. It would help
1: if I was looking under director not under actor. So it was it was Artemis Fowl was the uh yeah. was the it was the film and the actor who was also in that um that's in Belfast is is it, uh, is it Laura McDonald
2: here? Could be. Uh, yeah. Click on her. Does she look like a Yeah, kid? it's Laura
1: McDonald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's the one who plays Moira. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's great. It's Laura She's McDonald. Great. I mean, yeah.
2: they're all really great. Everyone in Belfast is 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 really fantastic. And yeah, I'll go I'll wow. go you one further. I having I own Belfast. I bought it before I watched it because I knew I would love it. Right. And the and it's one of those universal Blu-rays that just starts playing the extra features after the movie's over. And <laughs> And it—the first thing is a whole deleted intro and deleted outro to the film where Brana is featured traveling back to his hometown and walking the streets, and 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 I won't say anything about like I'm not going to sit here and rip on it. It's ter- terrible uh, because does someone
1: because someone turned to him and go earn this.
2: I don't know, but <laughs> you know what he did was he didn't put it in the movie. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, I get what you're going for but this is, feels really stupid and hackneyed and this feels like the worst of Branna. basically it's, it's mm-hmm. heartstring tugging and it's just, it's over the top in a theatrical way that is not necessary, and I think when he when he conceived of it it, it had a reason to exist that added type project, but when he had it, the heart of his movie, the story of this kid, he had the thing no mm-hmm. need for any of that other stuff. And he was, it had to, somewhere along the line, it had to have been tough for him to cut that stuff. Sure. Because it features him and it's his story, but he got rid of it. And good job, man. God, and it's that, better for that it. That stuff had to go. It would have knocked yeah. a whole star off your movie for me, truly.
1: Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did not really have anything to add about- for sharing it with uh, us.
2: You know, that's cool too. Sure.
1: Sure, yeah, uh, but I, um, I i don't have anything really to add about it, but I, I've been, you know, I, but I can't help with looking, thinking forward a little bit, you, you know, and you, you talk about how, uh, this movie has, uh, you know, it, it's such a personal film for, for Brent, and Rob talks about it too, how it, you know, del, you, you sent Skilmer Del Toro and Shape of Water and Quaron and, uh, and, and this is, well, ship. now we have Meet the. Sorry, go ahead. We have made, meet the I was just gonna say uh the the, the point being is is uh that you have um Meet the Fablemans coming up. And you know, and obviously it's Spielberg, it, it obviously it, it it's you know it's got all of, it ticks all of the boxes for an Oscar nominee, so that's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar. Will it, that it should be? You know, yeah, and I haven't yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but uh uh it will you know it'll be interesting to see is, is that how, how do the Academy voters do they, do they embrace that? Oh, this is Spielberg. Cause it's, you know, Spielberg is, I mean, Brenna's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron is great, but Spielberg is Spielberg right. mm. there is and, and our, uh, yeah. and our audience is going to go, yeah, you know what? We're going to, you know, we're going to, this is, this is, this is old Steve giving us his goods here. Let's, let's get, you know, that, so it'll be curious to see if, if, if how they were, how that is this sort of very personal film, uh, told on a kind of a bigger scale, how that, uh, how that ends up being received. Slightly so bigger a little, scale than
2: Belfast, but Belfast is such an intimate little thing. It's somewhere yeah. between Belfast and Roma, probably as sure. in terms yeah, of scale. That... Um, and I get what you're saying about Shape of Water. I guess that's personal, but I don't, I'm not feeling it. I, Nothing I, about I was that just quoting. Feels...
1: I was just quoting Rob. Yeah, I um, know.
2: I'm, I'm arguing I'm... not with you. I'm arguing with Rob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I will not... I'm not here yeah, to offend you, you, Rob. Feel,
2: yeah, you, you feel Del Toro and everything he does because it's so hyper-stylized and all of yeah. his movies feel like they take place in his own mind. But have we right. seen the super personal one from him yet? I, I'm not sure that we have.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll see. Maybe... Maybe later in the show when we talk about uh, when he comes up again. Maybe we'll be talking about how uh, that's his most personal
2: Better get to it. Hey, but Rob's right about Belfast. And that screenplay, even though I'm not sure the screenplay is all that great, it's brave. It's brave to just get those memories down, to put them in some kind of order, and to let them be. Uh, That Rob's the thing of an engine. But it, Mm -hmm. it... fills it with reality and believable life and, and verisimilitude. And that's what the film has heart. Just like you said, neither Joel or I picked it, but really there's, I can't imagine anyone sitting, taking the time to sit through Belfast and not caring about those people and caring about that story. And that's, that's what it's all about.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I am uh, realizing real quick here that we uh, we didn't have these, uh, in full, um, alphabetical order, huh. uh, which I can put them in alphabetical order, which means that we would be talking about, uh, don't look up next. Uh, do we want to go ahead and do that? That's a little, sorry, this is a little programming. Yeah, they're
2: all in alphabetical order, except we saved the winner for last, which we always, do. right. So sure. For yeah, full yeah. Disclosure. Um, the, the, not our winner, but the actual winner we always yeah, yeah, say yeah, to yeah. last. Um, yeah, we can talk. Well, sure, I mean, yeah. We can do whatever. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, well, let's just let's as long as we it. don't Let... leave any out, Joel.
1: No. Uh, and and I hey, like look Brian's
2: the... favorite, for example.
1: Well, I also, you know, and and this uh, the, the, the movie that uh, is up next in the nominees alphabetically is uh, Don't Look Up. Adam McKay's Don't Look Up. Um, I, I, Maz actually, he's like a I, I, uh, friend of the show. Maz, uh, I I did like don't look up. One funny throwaway line was when the president said, "We will get our Ivy League people to double check your work." So he, oh, he also really liked Belfast. Belfast was very relatable to me and and funny in that odd way Europeans find black comedy bleakness amusing. So uh, I I want to make sure to yeah, but get Bel- Belfast
2: mad. isn't. Uh, he's not saying it is, but just so you know, yeah. Belfast is not a black comedy, but it's right. it is a tiny little family story going on amongst this upheaval and conflict and every other word other than troubles that i can think of that mm-hmm. that explain the neighbor against neighbor and and it, uh, all the religious tension and stuff that's going on and the, and, and all the outright violence and carnage that's happening mm-hmm. in the world around him and that innocence surviving amongst that it's what made me it's what made me think of hope and glory i like belfast better yeah. than hope and glory actually quite a bit but the same thing it's a kid finding a way to be a kid in this time period where upheaval is crazy and it's not yeah. because of his sticktuativeness or his He's the indelible human spirit. It's because that's what kids do. That's the miracle about them. That's why it's a universal story that anyone can like, even though the accents are unique and you know, it, mm-hmm. it it's wonderful. So, so, so sorry. I didn't mean to go back to Belfast, but
1: um, no, that's right. Uh, but so don't, so look don't look up. up. Yeah.
2: well Let's jump into that.
1: Okay. Thing. So don't look up. Uh, don't look up is actually uh, my pick for best movie of the year.
2: Hmm. Read um, the synopsis even... real quick.
1: Okay, yeah, so two low level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn humankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. Um, and uh, it, it is my pick for best movie of last year, despite me not really liking it all that much. Um, it, it, it to me, it's Adam McKay. Uh, written by Adam McKay, uh, you know, it, superstar cast, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, uh, all these things. Uh, it's fine. Um, it is. So the movie itself is uh, is a cynical look at what we would do, uh, you know, in, in, in you know, we're, we're we're when this movie was made, we were still, you know, in a pandemic and everything was, you know, we. And, and, and things were bonkers it, and bizarre. We've just it gotten was out a of, movie you know, we hit
2: the zeitgeist of COVID, even though it's really, the movie's a metaphor about global warming. It, yeah. it, it, the same problems in coping with what those things are, were, were not all the same ones, but a lot of the same ones were mm-hmm. built into each thing. So he really uh, came out with the movie at the time that represented what we were all going through
1: yeah and and so that it, you know that makes it frustrating to watch you know I, there are times where you know it's you obviously it's it's um trying to be very funny and sometimes successfully it's trying to be it's funny yeah, it's, uh it, but it is um,
2: occasionally super funny
1: um but it's also uh really mean and really smug and it uh it I, would, absolutely I would even lead is, off
2: with smug it's really yeah, it is, preachy and smug. It is
1: smug and condescending and and it reeks of look how clever we are. Um, and and that is those things that I'm saying in such a very disdainful way. Are exactly why it should be should have been the best picture for the United States in twenty twenty for
2: twenty twenty one. I mean, we were living through a smug and condescending age, truly.
1: Correct. It is absolutely (laughs) a perfect encapsulation of everything that we uh, we were going through, had gone through, and and continued to go through. At this very moment, when you have people, uh, and I don't want to get political, but the fact that they're uh, you, you know can't can't even vote on a speaker of the house without trying to make it some sort of clever and look how interesting and clever and kooky I am. And, well, the, uh, the don't look do- up it's movement,
2: all... the don't look up movement in the film, it was literally there's a meteor, you can see it in the sky, it is coming right at us. And to, mm-hmm. the only way to reasonably deny its existence it, and call it a conspiracy is to not look at it, even though it's right mm-hmm. there. And that has a, a, a extreme cleverness to it that is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is true that...
1: No, and, and that it, is, in its construction, it's clever. But then the movie goes ahead and, and makes sure that you know, <laughs> look at how clever we are that we're doing yeah. this. <laughs> um, at me, I'm funny. I've made movies before. I'm much more clever than you. I know. You're
2: this and, is your movie, um, don't forget. I'm don't make yeah. me argue for it because I fucking f- f- hate this film. Um and, and
1: I hate it I I did not like it at all. But <laughs> and I hate myself very, for
2: picking it.
1: <laughs> and look, and I said this to Ryan, you know, and when Ryan when I mentioned this to Ryan that this is what I was gonna talk about during yeah. the show, I don't like being cynical on our show. Yeah. We you know, this is something that Ryan and I we we love movies and we want to we want to celebrate movies and we want to time, but like we you know we talk about uh, empathy and how important empathy is for us. This movie has no empathy. I mean, a couple couple little tiny moments where we're trying to empathize. Melanie Litsky
2: taking Leonardo DiCaprio back into their home is is a stunningly yes. moving t- thing to happen coming yes. at the end of such a turd of a film.
1: And, but, and, and that, but I'll just tell you,
2: but, this is a perfect time for me to chime in. The, yeah. the, the my issue and why I could never vote for don't look up, even though it, it's all the things you say and it really it was all we were talking about at the end of the year. when a film takes over the public conversation the way it does you you can't sit back and 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 you can't answer it on its own smugness and condescending terms. you have to you have to dig in and go, okay, what's going on here? I really mm-hmm. think you, you have to do that. We both tried to do that. My issue with it as a movie is it's just a shittily made movie. It's a bunch of funnier die sketches just kind of strung together, and there is yep. like a plot, which is which is funny because some of it is really funny. Like it's just, it's as just funny a movie I think as came out last year that I saw, um, and that. And it does maintain a thread of humanity in its main characters throughout. I think DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, even when the film doesn't give them any help, I think they find a way to get those characters through as people that are telling a complete story. And I I don't normally... I usually say, well, it takes a village, right? you got to have good writing, you got to have this or that. There are some times when really good actors just know, hey, if it's not here... Here's what's here, but if it this isn't here, I got to figure this out. They both make it a priority. It makes a lot of difference that they do that because at any point we could lose track of who they are as people and we'd mm-hmm. be nowhere with this thing. Um I you know, I love the I love the talk show appearances, but I hate that he ends up having a uh, an affair with one of them. Like I hate that it they all becomes I like some of the presidential scenes um this is a movie I don't like, so it doesn't make it doesn't pass the Ryan Jonah Hill test. Joel was right. Only Moneyball does. A movie where I like Jonah Hill, uh, think he's good in the movie, and also like the movie. There's only one. It's Moneyball. This one have I you think seen, Jonah, I,
1: real quick, real, real time. Have you seen the documentary yet? His uh his documentary no, but that about doesn't his doesn't count he's like, not acting in that. Okay. Great. Although, okay, and cool. if he
2: is, I'm not going to like a minute because he shouldn't be acting in a documentary.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, I didn't know if that would qualify. If that would even f- fall under where you would. It could. Want to talk
2: about it? I Bye. I could. I'm probably going to like Jonah Hill in it. It's likely I would like mm-hmm. the movie. So what's the other thing? Yeah. The other thing is it, it's just disqualified because there's no I like the performance aspect to it. Sure. Uh, he is director though. Maybe we can tweak it a little so that I can give and him credit for liking performance you're going to wait a long time for that answer. So don't get too excited. (laughs) Sorry. I know it comes on the Joel's recommended list, but I think you really should start admiring Jonah Hill, which I don't. And that's, and here's me pointing out a movie that he's really well cast in and really good in like the act, like, like Jonah in it, like the performance, uh, but just really don't like the movie. uh, Even though Mm -hmm. I I appreciate what Joel's saying about it, I think he's dead right. It, It was the movie of our times. That's, that's some that lightning in a bottle is something you only capture so often but it's it's not just smugness it's sloppy it's lack of style it's adam mckay hasn't made a just a well told movie yet even his other more acclaimed and and softer works are all equally annoying and smug and just mm-hmm. it's like i just don't want to spend time with you man and yeah. You you can give us moments you you do a pretty good job of it, which shows you capable of it, moments that make us care. But if if you get to the end of this thing and still find yourself really, really caring, then you're not I don't know how that you're engaging with it in a very honest way. And I try and do that every time. That's probably not the way to watch Don't Look Up. That's probably right uh, Maz has it right. It's just a it's a lark, it's a goof the extra the jokes that are clever they're super clever you just got to appreciate them for what they are
0: yeah
2: but i i i think so, a film yeah. that is is poking uh right at the heart of what we are as a society which this film is doing needs to ease off throwing pies everywhere way more than it does and it just doesn't do that and that's unacceptable ultimately so. yeah yeah um,
1: all right. Moving on to a movie that I have not seen. So I apologize. Uh, but it is uh, you know what I'll say. Remember when Parasite won for Best Picture and uh, and the director was like, you know, I, I hopefully this ushers in an era where we are not looking at at films and saying, oh, well, this is uh, just a foreign film. And only, you know, and we, we look at the totality of films across the world, and that's how we, well I think, you know, that this is uh, this kind of falls under that. Well, this is a uh, um, uh, this is a movie called Drive My Car, uh, and it is uh, this movie is uh, oh my god, is South Korea, it's a Korean film,
2: Korea, right? J- Japan, I believe.
1: Oh uh, yep, no, you're right. It's, but it's, it has it's, a, it's It
2: definitely has a Korean connection in it. So that's not a
1: okay. Okay, so uh, okay, so I'm not talking. Okay, anyway, uh, yes, it's a Japanese film uh, called Drive My Car.
2: But it's almost uh, I... it's almost uniquely Japanese <laughs> mm-hmm. because it it's it, it read the synopsis.
1: Uh it is a renowned a renowned stage actor and director learns to cope with his wife's unexpected passing when he receives an offer to direct a production of Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima.
2: Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time on Drive My Car because Drive My Car is a tough film. I found, um, it's not hard to follow. It isn't. It's almost. Mm-hmm. St- overly simple in its plotting, which is a very nice Japanese thing. It's very polite and makes sure that you know where it's at every step of the way. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a three-hour long, sort of quiet drama, but it has a lot of atmosphere. The Japan that we get to know on the screen is a vivid, living place, which I really, really appreciate. These characters are... But these characters, they're, they're quiet. And reserved in a way and maybe it's in a way that it 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 maybe it's not that because it's an emotional movie The reason it works is because it earns this journey to this emotional point at the end um you get to see a unique fly on the wall into this creative process that takes over the whole second half of the film that's very very interesting um and that metaphor and the the, the sort of like likeness of the thing is is it wears it on its sleeve too. So there's so much to like about it. and yet I just felt like even the with the tragic loss of a character in a really crazy way early, and even though we know that that grief is there and hanging over the whole thing and you it it's just, And it is because it's an international feature, so it's it's the great thing about it. It's the flaw in it in terms of my being able to just find my way into it somehow. It's really hard to do that. But uh, if it if what we've said about it doesn't turn you off, you should take the time to watch it because it really is. It was it won best international feature at the Oscars, rightfully so. From what I can see, I've only seen one other on that list, but. I mean it was really really good. It was nominated for best picture. It was certainly a worthy nominee. I mean, I it's hard to find mm-hmm. uh English speaking movie somewhere further down the list. There were a f- bunch of other good ones like there are every year that could take its place. But it and but it's it just felt more it felt too much like a homework assignment. That's my failing probably and not the movie. I just feel like mm. What am I, you know, it's, this is hard. It's, it's, this is a challenge. It's more than just, oh, I don't like reading subtitles. When you're, when you're, it's worthy exercise. You're being pulled into somebody else's culture, some other culture's way of storytelling. And, and you feel that the uniqueness of it, you know what I mean? There were parts Mm -hmm. of it. It's a weird connect. It's a weird comparison, but there were parts of it that made me, uh, uh, Think of Tarkovsky's Solaris, which is a similarly quiet and insular thing where if you sit and say what happens, it sounds like a dynamic, dramatic thing. And yet the film's so internalized and so wrapped up so tight emotionally that you, you don't really get to go through all that until you do, the film really does sort of stick the landing, which it was, which makes it a rewarding experience. So I don't mm-hmm. need to hedge so much on drive my car. I, I feel like that film's better than me. And it got the best of me as a viewer in a way when I was watching it, I certainly appreciated it. And I feel good about myself that I got through it, but that's <laughs> not, it's en- not enough. Like you should, it, I, I wish I loved it more and uh-huh. I wish I could advocate more for it because I really admired it a lot, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Sure. Uh, all right, well let's move on to um, the, our our next film is a, is a, just a small little independent feature. Uh, it, it's, a, it's the it's little movie that could.
2: And
1: that is uh, Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Part one. Part one, yeah. We yeah, that was uh didn't do quite no synopsis be a part one.
2: for Dune, real quick
1: a noble family becomes embroiled in a war for control over the galaxy's most valuable asset while it's heir becomes troubled by visions of a dark
2: future. All right. Let's hear Brian's punalicious. Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, front of the show, Brian uh, Dune should have won best picture. It's a masterpiece of a film that like all other sci-fi films before it get uh, to get best picture nomination is only given Oscars for technical work shameful the story is epic and intriguing the cinematography conveys the mood and environment perfectly the acting is on point and not boring and let's face it here we go okay buckle up everybody and let's face it Dune has more spice than if I asked King Richard to drive my car down Nightmare Alley in Belfast to the Licorice Pizza while listening to a coda of West Side Story on 107.1, The Power of the Dog, and shout, don't look up at the win- uh, out the window at a passerby when he got there.
2: Boo. <laughs> Boo to your terrible puns, Brian. How dare you? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, however. Uh, anyway, Dune. However, however Dune. I How- do... Ever. I do love Dune a lot. Dune mm-hmm. was my favorite event movie of last year for sure. Denis is my favorite event filmmaker by a country mile at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is Dune. But it's a, let's you're right about everything. The cinematography one best best uh, it wasn't featured on the show of course for reasons that mm-hmm. defy Logic, but it won for Best Cinematography, uh, it won Best Music, it won all those categories that the Oscars don't yeah. give a shit about anymore. Sound,
1: visual effects, production design, score, ed- editing, and cinematography.
2: Uh, so all, all the same things that, ba- uh, not all the same, but the same things, you, you're right, all the same things that Mad Max, Thunder, or uh, Fury Road won. Like the, it was the movie of the year that took home all that stuff. Mm-hmm uh and rightfully so i mean I, I, I you look at the other nominees and there's a couple of places where i'm like do you guys you guys watch nightmare alley before you started handing these all to dune things like that where i kind of hesitate to just laud it on it i know dune pretty well more than i should uh, joel yeah, might say yeah. <laughs> You can There's, know it uh, almost as well as me if you travel back in time to our Dune-a-thon episodes where we do, spent four hours plus dedicated to Dune, 1984, and associated projects. And we even talk speculate about this one a little bit. But it's just part one. It really skips over lots of things that are really, really important in the Dune universe that it hasn't even really touched on. It has mm-hmm. every opportunity to pick up the pieces of that in part 2 so and if it does it's you know then wow then but it is absolutely dependent upon its story being finished in a satisfying way and to start a dune from where it starts to where it ends is the easy part the hard part is coming um, mm-hmm. but I but I regret it, two and a half two hour, two and a half plus hour film you know David I can't it's never I can say it when I see it on the page Dave I'm really really sorry mate
1: oh oh yeah um 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 uh, 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 a yeah
2: just just as an example there's a lot of great people in this but he's brilliant he's cast to perfection and one of the greatest science fiction characters of all time. And he's maybe got three lines in the film before spoiler alert, he's sort of dispatched unceremoniously and gone. And we never found out who he was. And there's no reason to believe that the, that the sequel is going to take any time to explore who he was. Mm -hmm. That to me is tragic. and shows you where this Dune is got problems and it has challenges. Um, and it, skips the difficulty of a Dune adaptation by just ignoring stuff. And I just feel like that's going to come back to bite it in in its ass. That said, man, the scope of the thing, the visual representations of this stuff, the way this giant cast of best actors, superstars, are all put in each of these roles that they're perfect for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's just, uh, it's, it's glorious to watch and listen to and just be enveloped by and it's extremely emotional. The last great... Either, we'll talk about Dune in the future. There's no reason to dwell on it here because we're going to run out of time on this episode right. or go way over. Because uh, Dune will have its day. Uh, but I, it's just an example of how brilliant it is. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson's pretty much... You've heard me rant and rave about how she's the most brilliant thing ever in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And she is. She... she. Uh, her take on her character she she kind of wasn't going to do it she needed some convincing by denise to take that role of lady jessica and she didn't want it cuz she kind of didn't want to play the the heroic you know alpha lady who you know does all this stuff especially in the first part of the story as written she, uh yeah but when she read it and thought about it more she came back to him and she said well that's fine, but uh, I just want you to know right now that I'm not interested in playing up the heroic aspects of this character. I think her heroic and brave bravery, her actions speak for themselves. I want to play her fear and guilt about her role in all of this. And that comes across in every single frame in the film. And she's exactly yep. right when that character needs to kick ass or do this or that it it that takes care of itself um you've you've got tons of great performers tons of great technicians tons of people bringing that level of specificity to a thing that is worthy of that kind of attention frank herbert's novel is fantastic so i loved it too man but i it can't be great picture because it's just half a story it's a little over half a story and we just You, 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 it's not enough. There has to be more. There's gonna be more, but it, it, this doesn't sit comfortably as its own thing yet. We'll just have to wait and see. I reserve Uh, judgment, even though, even though I love, I want
1: to see it in its totality. I want to, I want to see the whole story put together. I will gladly sit through all five hours. I'm sure it's gonna be five or five and a half hours when it's all said and done. Um, I'll gladly do it. It's a it's a great story and it's, you know, I you know, like you said, yeah, the difficult stuff is coming up, but uh you know, it's been uh, these characters are uh especially um, you know, Timothy Chalamet uh as as um
2: It's quite a journey. It's not Yeah, and it's,
1: and, and it's not, and it's, he's it's, doing it Yeah. You know, yeah, he's not. You know, it's 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 some great uh, it's some great character building going on here, and we you know we haven't seen the the completion of the of the character yet. So let's yeah, let's wait and
2: see. Well, and, and Jason Momoa and Josh Brolin and Oscar Isaac. I mean, the list goes on and on mm-hmm. and on. People that only have so much screen time, just absolutely maximizing the value of these vivid characters. Mm-hmm. Even David as Piter Devries does a great job. He's fa- he's just like he's perfect, but. The film, one of the film's missteps is it doesn't get the way he's important, that it's the ancillary stuff. It's the stuff going on in his head. Somehow you got to get that stuff out on the page or that guy and the way he fits in the story is just a stooge who just orders Mm -hmm. people around on behalf of his baron. And then it's gone, and and that's not enough. That character on the page is really, really important. And that character in the greater history of the thing is really, really important. And that character is a good example of the way the film is also skirting basically all of the high and interesting concept. Stephen McKinley, I can't remember his whole name, um, plays this guy called a, uh, uh, Mentat piter's also a mentat what is a mentat you have no idea by watching Mm -hmm. this film and you you gotta you gotta know it's not something you can skip it's weird world building minutiae that's difficult to get in a standalone film but you gotta get it in there you gotta get it in there you have to know what these guys are and what they're doing and what their function is what their schooling was you know you don't have to go down the whole thing, but you got to get the hints of that out in the narrative somehow. It's what Lynch's yeah. film is is most criticized for. He, he gets a little bit of everything in without fully exploring anything, but at least he gets a little bit of everything in. This film gets a whole lot of nothing, leaves it completely on the table, and I really do feel like it's going to, if, if they don't find a way back to that stuff, they're they're gonna end up with something that's not nearly as rich and awesome as it could be, even if it mm. is pretty awesome. Hard to imagine sure. them like boofing up the sequel. I I'm not expecting that. I expect it to be awesome. So we'll see. Right.
1: Uh Stephen, uh Stephen McKinley Henderson just wanted to. Just
2: to complete so, again, his name another so great actor in a great role. Yep. Just but so we honor you, but who his is he? What, this is? what's going on with him? You don't and why, really know. Yeah.
1: Why is the yeah the, the whole thing that happens with him important? And there's not um, a lot
2: left. There's not a, a lot of room left to get to that at this point. So it's mm-hmm, a
1: bummer. Mm-hmm. All right, let's head on over to uh, a, a little movie that uh, did win um, Best Actor. Uh, did win, but um, was nominated also for Best Picture. And that is King Richard. King a Look at how King. tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father. Richard Williams. And this one is sort of based on the incredible true story. So yeah. Um
2: it's great. Yeah. It's it's a really great film. King Richard, we talked about it in last year's year in review, so this is another one where we can we don't have to spend a ton of time on it. Um even though this would be a nice place to do that, we really did discuss this film already. Uh it's one of the it's one of the best sports movies. That you can see, really, it really is awesome, and you know Venus Serena Williams are such the. I, I don't think I'm overstating it to say that in the world of sports and in the world of like inspiring personalities, they're godlike in our in in certain parts of our culture. This film does a really really good job of bringing them down to life and showing them as kids and, and, um, maybe we don't get to fully draw the line between these kids in the movie to the people that we know in life right now that are, that are sort of nearing the end of their run as elite athletes and a really difficult and really individual, like individually pressurized sport. Um, and uh, Will Smith, who won Best Actor, you know, is fantastic. And it. it's, it's such a great – when a, when a movie star wins Best Actor, it's because they're, they're, that movie stardom is put in it, – it's still there in spades in this performance. Mm-hmm. But it's it's put in the service of something that's different. There was a lot of complaining at the time, well, they make him too good or whatever. I think that guy's flaws actually are fully explored in the film to the degree that the film's willing to. I noticed that King Richard's other children came out against the film. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They were the highest critics. They're like, yeah, super dad. Right. But not to me, not, and not to my brother or whatever. Like, uh, and they deserve their voice. I think in that conversation more than just about anybody else. Uh, but that's well documented. I'm not going to get into that. All of these biopics, it frustrates me sometimes. And sometimes I, you just got to go with it. They all have that aspect to them, that, that stuff is being left behind. Stuff's being oversimplified. People are Characters from your life that are important are being combined. It's the only way to tell a bio film in a two-hour and change time frame and it, this was a really, really well-made human drama. Something nothing special about the, the style or the making of it, but it, we've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times, and it's a formula that you don't have to work real hard to get right. There are very few sports movies that are hard to sit through. Even the mediocre ones are still very enjoyable because the the dramatic formula is built into them already before you even start and yeah. this film's is a little more behind the scenes though there's it, a little different and that that it that makes it great and i liked it a lot i wouldn't have nominated for best picture i mean i still wouldn't yeah. i just think it was really yeah, good but it, no. it's good you know it's yeah a really I'm really like, good it, sports good. movie that's nothing wrong with that. Those are the those no. are great to watch. They're inviting. They include you in every step of the way. These are things that are important to me. So, but it's just <laughs> yeah, what's I, really special about it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. I uh, I mean, it's it, it, what what's special about it is uh, Will Smith's performance. Um, he, you know, it's, well, and those gr- little uh, girls
2: are good too, and the woman who plays his wife is fantastic. There's this parade of recognizable, but not superstar actors who play the coaches of these girls. I'm thinking of Joe Bernthal mostly because he's the one they sort of settled on.
1: uh, Yeah, John totally. John Bernthal fantastic uh, in this film,
2: as good as he's been in anything. So it's, it really is really, really good, but it's still one of those Triumph of the Human Spirit movies. We've seen them all before. What, this one gets up to seven or eight in terms of quality, but. Does it get all mm-hmm. the way and be one of the greatest of all time? Uh, probably not.
1: Uh, yeah. And so to, just to round it out on Ellis Ellis uh, plays, plays wife, the two uh, Venus is played by uh Sydney Sydney. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize if I'm not. And, uh, and uh, Demi Singleton uh, plays Serena. Just the, so, uh, just the tennis you know, alone young, was a, a
2: mm-hmm. lot for them to take on. And, and, and they do everything else that you could want from them, you know, and they're, sneaky those girls their drama it takes a back seat the whole movie until it's them out on the court at the end and then it then you have to have had them the whole time and you find out that you do that's a neat little trick that the film plays on mm-hmm. you and i appreciate it
1: mm-hmm. um all right next up is uh licorice pizza it is paul thomas anderson's um uh licorice pizza uh, yeah uh I don't, I don't know what to say about this one, honestly. <laughs> synopsis. Uh, was...
2: synopsis, please. When sure. in doubt, the let's s- begin with the synopsis.
1: <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Uh, the story of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley in 1973.
2: Paul Thomas Hay, Anderson, Cooper
1: Hoffman, Sean Penn, Tom Waits.
2: Paul Thomas Anderson is a unique dude, and he makes pretty yes, unique he movies. Is. And yes, he is. And I, and yet I found that all of my big, super, we love Paul Thomas Anderson people out here because i'm not quite one of those people even though i like i really love some of these the master i really love there will be blood michael friend of the show doesn't think there will be blood holds up but that's an Mm. asinine thing to say about that movie doesn't hold up to what crazy um but (laughs) but his last film phantom thread i found just completely impenetrable i mean i found it like it was a yeah, it seriously was like a lead box of a film that I couldn't. How do you open this thing? I couldn't figure it out at all. Even though I, I in a, in a in an unemotional way, in a drive my car sort of way, it's like you gotta kind of admire what it is. And I did. Um, it was weird. This movie is weird, man. This is such a weird story. It's a. It's basically a. Tr- it's not a true story. It's just. It's a sort of fictional biography about the. Childhood of child actor and who would become a super movie producer, Gary Getzman. And it's based on these weird stories that Getzman told, but t- tells behind the scenes of interacting with Lucille Ball when he was on one of her sitcoms, of all, all these just strange anecdotes, and they're all piled in here. And the movie that it res- resembles most on this list is Belfast. That's weird to say, because tonally and visually, it is nothing like Belfast. It doesn't have Belfast simplicity. It feels ornate and weird, and, and it goes off on crazy, strange tangents. But it's it's a movie that's the same thing. It's a collection of memories. It's a collection of stories that are put together in a hodgepodge sort of way. I was... as People's mileage are going to vary. I was totally taken with it. I loved both of these characters. They were strange... And I was delighted to spend time with them. Uh, uh, There's a place where celebrity cameos work every time you get one, and you get them constantly. The best of which, by far, is Bradley Cooper playing John Peters, one of the most disgusting movie producers to ever exist, who gave his permission, because most of these people, are, their names are changed to protect the innocent, Mm -hmm. even though it's pretty clear who Lucille Ball is, even though they changed her name. They still made a point to change her name and say, this isn't the thing that really happened. This is just this idea of a thing. Right. Peters was like, they went to him directly because he's still sitting out there in the same house that this took place in. And they said, Hey man, this is what we're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he's like, well, I wouldn't have done this, but I would have hit on her and I would have done this <laughs> and that. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can use my name is basically what he said. <laughs> um, Man, there's stories I could... uh, And I don't want to take the fun out of Licorice Beecher because the cameo is fun. The whole nightmarish sequence where they spend the evening with this guy is just crazy. Um, So to tell actual John Peters horror Hollywood stories would be appropriate here, but I could tell you some that would make your blood curl. Um... I just love that, man. That era, it comes to life in an incredible way. It, the uh, homages it pays to other movies are fun. Uh, the music could have been really obvious and stupid, and it isn't. It's all genius, as you would hope, from the guy who made Boogie Nights and things that are like this. It's mm-hmm. not a work of genius like Boogie Nights. It's this weird, goofy slice of life. So, I mean, I you know, I don't... It's best picture based on uh, PTA's reputation alone really. right sure yeah but I, I i i had heard how horrible it was compared to his other movies and i i don't know what you guys are talking about oh
1: it, i didn't think it was horrible i just found it icky it was icky there's an icky there's, an icky there's definitely an ickiness
2: to it but the the relationship at the core of the thing i think really works that's the key because it's weird and they the way they interact with each other is odd and yet hmm and the moments where they turn to each other, the moments where their what devotion they have for each other are tested. They come through again and again and again and again. And, and I, I really dig that. I, it, and every stupid thing that I would normally hate, the, the lead woman is from a famous rock band that she's in with her sisters yep. and all of her sisters Same. appear yep. as her sisters in the film. Normally I would hate that. It's awesome. Um, the, it's a first time, really, not first ever, but really first major screen role of Philip, uh, um, uh, I, 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 uh, we're,
1: we're, you know, mainstay
2: actor of, of uh, the late, what's his face, who was in The Master and who was in um, uh, Boogie Nights and stuff, Philip. Uh, Seymour Hoffman it's his, his son in his first film yeah
1: Cooper yep Cooper Hoffman
2: and again they had a hard time casting that because they the actors want to dive into the the specific thing and and show you the goals and stuff and this film the way it is like Belfast is it's it you get what this guy's schemes are but what he's driving him is completely absent from the thing other than just what's happening in each moment, and uh, it's actually take takes sort of a non actor to make that live comfortably on screen. So I dug licorice pizza. I just thought it was really good. I don't. I don't know. I, I kind of know why people would like it. Joel said there's definitely an ickiness to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. Again, there's an you, ickiness. Some, there's I an like ickiness Paul- to
2: that era in Hollywood. The that whole mm-hmm. crazy sequence with. Um, with uh, William Holden, it's not William Holden in the movie, but the it, mm-hmm. it, it's clearly supposed to be William Holden, and and uh, it with the motorcycle and everything, it it, it just it's crazy, it's weird. Right. That stuff right. with the uh, with the guy who owns the Chinese restaurant's creepy and strange, but it's it it's based on a thing that's true, and it feels so weird that it's real, and I, that's the magic of the film. Because these things are crazy, and yet. They all have some basis in something that actually happened. That kernel mm-hmm. of the world is a crazy, crazy place. And late 70s, Hollywood is the craziest place of all. Like, totally comes to life in the thing.
1: Sure. Uh, let us move on to uh, Nightmarely. Oh, no, it's Nightmare Alley. Uh, <laughs> so, Garrett I hope you don't
2: do that when you use the flume system. Oh, it's not cool. <laughs> Sorry, it's not cool to talk.
1: Uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, Nightmare Alley, um, yeah. Remaking uh,
2: Edmund Golding film from whenever, 40s, mm -hmm. I want to say.
1: A grifter working his way up from low-ranking carnival worker to lauded psychic medium matches wits with a psychologist bent on exposing him. Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, yeah, and a cast of thousands. Rooney Mara, um, awesome that's people. the other
2: one you should probably mm-hmm. mention by name. Although yeah. R- Richard Jenkins is amazing in Richard it. Richard Jenkins, uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem, Willem Defoe Defoe is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willem Dafoe in the Willem Dafoe role. I mean, I don't know how good that is, but it's mm-hmm. always a welcome thing to have. And, um, uh, and David Strathairn will say him, too, so, since we're dropping yeah. names. That's – sorry – with apologies to the rest of the people who are probably awesome that's the group we really need to focus on um i don't want to go plot to plot on nightmare alley it's a it's a renowned filmmaker and a master visualist and a master technical filmmaker remaking one of his favorite films from from when he was a kid it's not even it wasn't even new when he was a kid it, it's older than that this is a kid who as a kid was watching films that were way before his era and seeing what was amazing about them and edmund golden director of uh, of um uh grand hotel and uh, the, what's the other one the I can't remember. Anyway, director of many, many. There's a couple of ones. One of which I really wish I could remember. Um, that are awesome. He, he. This was a curiosity in its day, and it's a film that because it's a unique, nightmarish, weird, dark fairy tale quality is as gained admirers. It's gone on. It was uh, uh, the the original Nightmare Alley was nominated for no Oscars despite Tom. Pa- Tyrone Power and Goldman being attached to it in its day, it was seen as mm-hmm. a curiosity by a by a artistic director who was who was doing his own thing for a bit. But he'll come back and do what the rest of us is, are, are in the end. Um, Del Toro's never done what everybody else has done. Even his Hellboy films, even his big action movies, maybe Pacific Rim, but even that feels stubbornly unwilling to really. Go all the way without becoming a parody of itself, which itself is saying something about that disaster monster genre. Um, he he just does his own thing, man. And this is such a richly realized alternate universe. You know, it's not just that we go back in time. I mean, we go through the portal to some sort of weird place, and it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of amazing work by people to not just create that, but to find the humanity in that. Um, I, I, this is a film I'm going to watch once a year, every year till I die. It's that good. It's going in the rotation. It's just Mm. so much to look at. The plot is got, even despite it barreling towards an obvious tragic conclusion. You you still are surprised by the little revelations along the way. I think you really, despite being an absolute scoundrel, I think Cooper's character, like you, really do start to root for him, despite yourself. You certainly root for Maras and Tony Collette's, and and I like that. I like I like I like that. I think if you're unable to do that, if you really see him as a dick who deserves what he gets, I think this is. I think all you're left with is the design and the music and all that's great. Yeah.
1: And it gets, it, yeah, it gets long. Uh, when, it is, when, long, when that's it is all, long. But, you know, but it's, it's
2: in its day, Nightmare Alley was long. It was this thing that started as one movie and then, and then there's a time jump and it's some other movie. Uh, you can't do it without that. So that's just built into the challenges of the thing. But that's never, I never liked that. I'm never like, what? Mm-hmm. It's how many years later and now I'm where and what is happening. Everything is different. <laughs> I, I, You know, I'm like that. Yeah. You, that's a hard thing to do when you're almost halfway through the movie. You're not even in going into the third act or anything. You are just you just started a huge first act of a film that you thought was a, had a second act in it that it turns out it's only the beginning of the movie. Structurally, it's a challenge. But, hey, that's Nightmare Alley. I, I can't. You can't do it without yeah. that. Without just doing something different. So.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah, it is. It's uh, again, it's still Toro. It's uh, it is so visually. I mean, he he tells movies it's just he arrest,
2: gr- arresting in its visual yeah. accomplishments. Yeah. yeah,
1: and um, you know, and this is still a visual medium. So, but it is con uh, artists. So let's celebrate it! Yeah, it
2: is con artists. They're not cuddly. Right, they're a little easier to accept when they're. Uh, carnival carn artists, because we all know, we all get that the carnival has that built into it. When they go, when they start moving around in high society in New York and stuff, it just gets tougher to follow. The character growth is lost a little bit, and you're left with sort of obsession. So it's hard to, harder, it's a challenge to care, but I challenge you to care because everything else about it is so well crafted and so amazing that, that you know. Try and stick with it. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I really, really liked it. I would not have picked it for my movie, but I considered it because I really, really liked it. But it kind of mm-hmm. has the shape of water problem, which did win. It's at least as good as that, right? It, but it just—it's like it's just kind of so weird and specific, and it—it just—it's not a universal thing. That's—I guess—that's where the deeply personal thing Rob was talking about comes in. It—he it just really is. He just tells things in his own universe and that's such a joy and a treat. And this is a worthy addition to an amazing filmography to Dave's.
1: So. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. Um, okay, so up next is uh, a happy little film that takes place in in uh, out, you know, out West. Happy, called
0: happy, happy little film.
1: Happy film. Uh, Jane Campion, uh, yucking it up again. This... <laughs> She loves a good this,
2: feel good story does she she?
1: <laughs> she really does she really does uh, no this one is called the uh the power of the dog uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons those are our main uh our main three well, Cody uh, uh, Cody smith Uh Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love.
2: Let me tell you. All right, people. <laughs> All right, people. Listen up. Listen up. All right.
1: Strap Let me tell in, you everybody. something Here about Power go. of
2: the Dog. Yep. One, this is important. It's not a Western
1: No, it is not a Western.
2: It's a chamber drama that takes place in Montana during the expansion of the West, but it's a period drama. It just isn't a Western. Despite the hats and the horses and the guns and the Mm -hmm. ranch, it is not a Western. If you thought it was going to be a Western, you probably left really upset. Although- Right. Nobody really likes Westerns. They're not profitable. You know, the filmmakers, I think, we and film cinema, cinema what do you call us? Cinema files? We really Cinephiles. like Westerns yep. because the Western is its own thing. It's its own thing, you know, and it, it it's amazing. But people don't like them anymore. They don't go to see them. Even when you put Denzel Washington and, like, uh, Chris Pratt and all a bunch of cool people in them, people still don't – and. and People still don't like them, so so there's no point in making a western. But a, a period drama with western trappings is a really really exciting idea, and and again visually, this is was the most accomplished movie of 2021, and that's saying something. It's stunning that Dune won a couple of those awards instead of this film, mm-hmm. um, because. The stuff that this film does right from a visual storytelling aspect is amazing. And that's because, like a lot of Jane's work, but no more so than this. This is an adaptation of a book. It's just these characters are just completely internal. They're a mystery to us while we're watching it to some degree. But I would argue they're not. Just watch it. Try and take mm-hmm. this thing on its own terms. It gives you a little time to adjust to the world of the story as it starts. You know, people say nothing happened. It's all about nothing. Nobody no, does no. anything. There's a moment in the scene, and this is the credit to the actor, um, Kristen Dunst, is in this case, although they all have their moments of real brilliance, she. there's a moment where her soul leaves her body, and she plays that. It doesn't happen in some big action scene, or it doesn't happen when she's standing over the corpse of a loved one. It happens when she's forced to play the piano at a dinner party in front of a couple of people that she doesn't know. The mayor and his wife of the town they live in. Mm-hmm. And... And that tells us everything we need to know about that character. We already knew this was a delicate situation, but what we didn't know was how close she was to breaking, and how it only took an incident like this to just crush her and send her off the deep end. And it's heartbreaking to behold, and it's right there on screen. I don't know how you can watch that scene and say nothing's happening. It's. Right. I don't know how you can, and if you if you if that's what you think, you know. I'm picking the Power of the Dog for my best picture of the year, and it, this was a tricky year. This was a year we'll get to it where probably the right movie took home the brass, actually. So mm-hmm. Joel picking, don't look up, at me picking this. It feels like take that, listeners, and take that, America, <laughs> and it because they both are to a certain degree. This film's like y'all just. I get it. It's artsy-fartsy. It's super... It's a very pretentious Jane Campion film. And it, it's yeah. all those things. And, you know, if you showed up thinking you're going to get some Sherlock Holmes or Doctor Strange, like, Cumberbatch-like performance, you just got... You got bitch-slapped.
0: Right. Yeah. But I'm yeah. telling
2: you, you deserve to be bitch-slapped. You deserve it. If you came into this and left with nothing happening, it's pretty, but it's just stupid and nothing happened... You just, you've lost your way as a film fan. You've lost your way a bit. And you need to try and find your way back to the light. And the part of doing that is embracing the darkness a little bit. This story, the reason, the actions people take and the reasons they take them, if you just think about it a little, are extraordinary. And, and or even Jesse Plemons, who was nominated rightfully so for Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actor in the film, He, he, you really could argue, folks, he does nothing. <laughs> he really doesn't do anything. It's really true. He falls in love with somebody for purely superficial reasons, and he brings them into the worst place they could possibly be in their life, and it takes an extreme thing to put that on anything resembling a path back towards just being able to get through life. That's what the thing's about. That's a totally worth telling story. And when it's told so technically well, and it's acted with such sensitivity, I just, and you just sit there and it's not all of you. I'm not talking to all of you. (laughs) You know if I'm talking to you or I'm not you know, talking to you.
1: You know who we're talking about. You know we're talking. It's about. not
2: even probably most of you that listen to this show, but it's no, plenty if of you people. Listen I to knew, this show. It's plenty of people I knew who took the extra step of not just not liking it, but going on their little Instagrams or their Facebook pages and and warning others not to watch it. Stuff like that. Yeah. It, <laughs> over wow. this film that's it, yeah, this good.
1: Oh, it, mm. No, this was a this was a great F film. Uh, it was lovely, people. and
2: yeah. so for that reason, I'm going to I'm going to give the old eight and a half star movie a ten to balance out against some of you jackasses. <laughs> you know that's what I, essentially what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah. But I I don't care. That's I saw Hill. I'm willing to die on. That that's a that is a fantastic film. I love it.
1: Um. Hey, do you remember Gordon Eleven?
2: I <laughs> the t- episode that. Yes, like he was my own brother. In fact, do I remember Gordon? Uh,
1: I just—I was quick looking and I was trying to find some. A matter of fact, I, I really that. do
2: think this is the time of the year where we can let Gordon back into the party. He was really, really useful in our year-end review. So, Gordon,
1: uh, Gordon's, Gordon's review of this—a yeah. uh, a pleasant surprise. The power of the dog is a surprise to me, as I did not think the ending would turn out like that. I thought the emotions and pain. Uh, that uh, I won't, that's kind of a spoiler, uh, have endured, uh, were uh, pleasantly portrayed. So it's a pleasant surprise with pleasant portrayals and a surprise.
2: Hey, uh, from (laughs) Uh, me and Joel and Gordon Eleven to you, an optimist can never be pleasantly surprised. Think that over Mm -hmm. the next time you pop in a movie that has some artistic ambition to it and remember Mm -hmm. that. You know, it, the reason for the backlash against Power of the Dog was disappointment based on it not being very entertaining on its face. That's all it was. Okay. It was, I want to be entertained and you didn't entertain me. You made me suffer and I hate you <laughs> for it. Or, I, wanna, I don't want to suffer so bad that I'm willing to just ignore what's happening right before my own eyes in this thing. Yes. You and made me feel... Or I don't. Or I don't want to feel. And you weren't even able to do that. You made you, you made yeah. me feel bad. Or or you made me reject you based on your wanting to make me feel bad. Neither is the first thing I can sort of understand. Hey, it made me feel bad. I am not going to watch The Power of the Dog once a year, every year until I die. It just yeah. I'm just not gonna. Yeah. Cause same reason I don't watch. Uh, you know, uh, not it's not the same kind of film. But <laughs> with the previously mentioned, there will be blood. I, That's a brilliant movie, but I don't want to relive that. I want to, if I'm going to go through that again, I'm going to sit down and do it for real. And it's not background noise. And I'm only willing to do that every so often, even though I think it's awesome. This is sort of similar, but that's my, that's my vote.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Well, it's, and yeah, and, and a worthy vote. Uh, I, I, yeah, again, power of the dog. Um, Yeah. I'm not even a Jane Campion
2: fan. Huh? joel you've yeah, known me ever since she's been making movies did i ever come on here saying how brilliant all her movies are i mean i don't i we... i watch them and i because I'm, i feel obligated mm-hmm. to but that i get that sort of oh, i gotta go through this again
1: yeah you're this not was gonna yeah i this mean was
2: something different this was something very very special in her
1: oh did you miss our deep dive into jane campion films uh well no you didn't because we
2: haven't done no, we haven't done, that. done and, uh... Uh yeah uh all right next up is uh i don't want to rip fan? on a filmmaker i admire a great deal and be negative mm-hmm. about her and put the negativity out in the world uh i wouldn't rip on all of it but it i'm not a big jane campion fan i still thought power of the dog was amazing mm-hmm. so there you go that's all that's my point i'm making uh next her. up
1: Yeah, next up is uh the story of a community worker who is just trying to help the two uh, gangs of kids try to get along. Um, It is the story of a man named Gladhand um, (laughs) who uses a school dance to try to, to try to help two disparate groups come together and find common ground uh, and almost succeeds until uh, one of until
2: tragedy befalls tragedy
1: befalls. Um, That is how I choose to look at West side story. Hey,
2: no need for plot synopsis on West Side Story. Romeo and Juliet no, and we, of course, in late 50s. Uh, and of course, New we York. were.
1: Uh, we highly suggest you uh, go back, listen to... Uh, we got a, a chance to uh, talk An to
2: An amazing Anna. insider's look into the process of making West Side Story with yep. uh, Anna Isabel. It's such a
0: treat um, to listen yeah.
2: to that episode. Yeah, if you've listened yep. to it, go listen to it again. And it means that... West Side Story is certainly a sentimental favorite of the show because we feel a little extra connected to that because of mm-hmm. that experience. I think, at least I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I here's the thing. Uh, Would I have? I mean, I would have loved. I mean, do I think it's the best picture of the year? No. Would I loved it if somehow it had won best picture of the year? Oh my god, yeah, I would have yeah, been maybe. like, oh my, my friend may is in the best. I mean, it's it's cool enough to just say I have a friend that was in a movie that was nominated for best picture. And I'm I'm literally looking at a picture of her in the trailer uh, on IMDb right now. She's like right there. And it's like, I'm so, I I feel, you know, it's so wonderful. She's she's
2: featured heavily in the biggest dance sequence in the thing. And she gets Mm -hmm. to be around for a lot of the um, big emotional moments. She she gets to basically support the best uh, supporting actress winner, Yep. What's her name? DeBose.
1: Debose. Yeah, Ariana
2: Debose. Ariana Debose then... uh, in a role that that um, Anna has like a connection with and and knows very very well. And that all that work is happening. She got to be one of the Puerto Rican ambassadors, basically, to the project, to Tony Kushner's script and the development of the thing. I mean, it's all there in that interview. I don't want to belabor that because we're out of time to get too much into West Side Story, and we're gonna. We're going to come back to West Side Story when we talk about musicals, modern musicals, anytime we talk about remakes for sure. Um, but yeah. it, the, the real endorsement that it gets is that it, the, when the other filmmakers who saw it came out of it and said it's pure cinema, it's pure cinematic magic, It's it's everything about it is so well cared for and taken care for. And yet the thing never feels, I'm not going to use the term stagey because it feels super stagey. Um, Mm -hmm. but it never feels stately like it never feels like it doesn't have a a beating heart of its own going on within it, even though, even though it's so meticulously crafted and that you get the benefit of that as well. That's the magic of it. And you, that you can see why Steven wanted, you know, he always wanted to make a musical and you can see why this is the one he ultimately chose, uh, chose not at the height of his powers though, chose before it's too late. And it does have that sort of hanging over it a little bit, too. The only thing I don't like about West Side Story is what I didn't like about it before. I didn't see it. And it doesn't rise above this because it can't, which is that street gangs doing ballet moves down West 66th Street is 1957. It isn't today. And as the the effort to make this thing relevant today, to to give it the proper ethnic representation that it deserves, all of those things are here. They've all arrived. They all benefit the production amazingly well. And yet it is still a product of the time it was created, almost more than almost any musical I can think of. It's Mm -hmm. so late 50s, 1961-ish, and it still is. And, And it still is. And you can add the the plot of the gun to it, and you can change these different things and stuff, and all of those things actually are effective, but they don't make it that relevant thing to today, you know, the only thing that I would note is that the original West Side Story, which won Best Picture back in 1960, was really, uh, it was a gang story, it was about a fight for territory, this West Side Story, in a way that is a product of our time, it, it isn't. There's something more, much more... There's a deeper hate going on in the hearts yeah. of these characters that are making them not able to connect. A more irrational one. And in that way, it really is of our time. And it's just... The songs are so good. Uh, the Woman Who Plays Maria, it's the best Maria I've ever seen. I've seen this show two dozen times. Best... Right maria i have ever seen and i will ever see she is so good because she's those two things right she's she's never you never lose sight of that innocent kid there's no movie star glamour about her at all and yet she can sing the thing and feel the stuff with such richness Yep. that's a part. It. Yeah, it, it's a part that's not the flashy part in the show, and we take it for granted. So when you see somebody you've never seen do anything before, just sit there and just give it to you on a silver platter. Yep. I mean, you, it's like Joel said: you all you can do is be grateful for it <laughs> that you got it.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah rachel ziegler uh you know uh is, is wonderful as maria uh you know and and one of the big changes that that this uh production does is changes uh the role of doc who uh the the story that owner, worked for me i love that uh, to 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 doc's wife valentina and and making that character not white but uh but puerto rican
2: who was um, married yeah, to Doc mm-hmm. who was she who was a white guy so th- or yeah. i don't know if he's an irish guy or whatever he was but a caucasian to bring that love story sort of full circle and to tie it back to the '60s again, it's Tony Kushner and Spielberg we're talking about. It's genius. It's yep. still a, just a throwback piece that I just don't think it can escape the shackles of that completely and truly soar the way I want it to because it's so yep. good in every other way. I it's think that's just
1: absolutely it, fair.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's so good in, a, in every other way. I, I I really really did like it. I hope I my criticism was tempered and still show us my enthusiasm for the
1: film. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was uh, a blast. Um, okay. Next up is uh, our final film, which is the winner, the winner of the Academy award, pardon me for best picture is CODA child of deaf adults is what CODA um, stands for. Uh, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between per- pursuing her passion at Berkeley College of Music and her fear of abandoning her parents. So, um, And the yeah. magic
2: of CODA is that that struggle is demonstrated and felt fully. You know, her that she has a passion that However you want to do it, however you want to look at it, it, cannot be appreciated by the people in her immediate family and therefore can only be supported in the most superficial ways. And the fact that because the world we live in, even today, um, the film demonstrates how her presence... to to not interpret for her family in the real world, the real damage that it can cause them, even though they are, they're not criminals. (laughs) It's not like anything like that. It just, it, it, it demonstrates that tug and pull. She feels, she's like any teenager, late, late year teenager, you know, high high school senior who's wants to break away and wants to become independent. But her ties Mm -hmm. to her folks and her brother are, are ones that I think most of us can't understand. So the job of the, the film, I mean, I think we can, we cared for disabled people. There are people out there who know kind of the weight of this sort of responsibility, but the film's magic is that it, it, it makes us understand, you know, it, Mm -hmm. it, it, it like Spielberg says, it, it sends empathy out in all directions and it makes us get it. And that's, that's incredible other than that it's it's a simple com- sim- simply told coming of age story and yeah. that is equally magical this, this main, our main character our hero is is flawed and real and and exists in the real world and yet she's lovable in a, in a way where we wish we were more like her i yeah. the version of um both sides. Now that ends the film. I, I wish my whole life sounded like that. song. <laughs> I mean, I've known that song yeah. forever and I like it fine, but the, 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 what they pulled out of it musically and how they reinterpreted it for this girl. And for this story, it, it, it pulls mm-hmm. every bit of emotion that you can, it, out of the thing and yet it feels completely natural and like it should it sounds just like it should and it just it 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 makes you feel like music does like only music can it makes you just it it tears your heart to pieces and and it makes it sore at the same time it, it mm-hmm. that's something cinema tries to do but it struggles cuz cinema's got to bounce around from one thing to another cinema exists with us in time and it just has to keep going forward. The reel keeps only spins the one direction and a way that the movie makes any sense.
0: Right. Uh,
2: music stops the show, you know, and, and it, it, that's her love of it is, is totally palpable and it makes you love it a little the way she does that, that exercise in empathy is everything. It's everything yep. that movies are supposed to be. And that's what CODA is. And so, it doesn't have the cinematography and the editing expertise that something like Power of the Dog or Dune or Nightmare Alley mm-hmm. has. It doesn't have the the it doesn't have any of the stuff some of these more accomplished films has, but it, it, it wasn't even seen by that many people because it was trapped on a format that very few people were actually uh, into and there was no other way to watch it. It was an Apple TV exclusive. It still is yeah. to this day. Yeah. Um and yet, the the obviously the Oscar voters did their due diligence. They watched it, and they had to have been tremendously moved by it. And I really do think, unlike "Call Me by Your Name," which which is a little more aloof and a little harder to approach, this is this family. By the time it's over, becomes our family. I, yeah. I'm not being too ridiculous about this, but no, I mean empathy, it's, Joel. It's just... Right? This film, it it it. It's not, this movie is it just uh, yeah, works it, on every level of empathy and that's such a um, it's not an easy thing to do and mm-hmm. it's you have to work at it and yet you can't feel like you're It doesn't work if you just feel like you're being manipulated the whole time. Yep.
1: Uh, Yeah. From a movie standpoint, yeah. You as an audience member can't be, you you can't ever feel like you're being manipulated. You also can't be pandered to. These characters can't be pandered to and they're not.
2: I feel like uh, we like to be manipulated. At least I do. And that we like to be pandered to, to a certain degree, but I feel to be truly great and worthy of best movie of the year, you can't notice those things very much, if at all. (laughs) Right.
1: I, I'm I, I'm talking about in this in this genre of film where uh, where because I like I liked when a, when
2: Spider Man No Way Home uh, manipulated and pandered to me. I enjoyed no, that very no, much. It, you're you're
1: absolutely right. Uh, but what I I guess what I mean is um uh, this is a genre of film where we as people of uh, that have all of our abilities and faculties uh, where we are supposed to learn something about ourselves right from uh, from those who uh you know we are this is a way for us to hopefully expand our ableist society and at least for two hours try to be a slightly less ableist right. and and i say that at, you know i i myself am ableist uh every day and we live in an ableist society um and uh but this all uh, you know it's a chance for us for two hours to to uh uh, to to hopefully yeah like like we say every damn week on this show uh you know it is a chance for empathy is a chance to learn uh it is a chance for us to have our imagine our experiences uh becoming greater becoming having more breadth and and uh hopefully helping us maybe just just slightly become a slightly better person towards our fellow humans and that Um,
2: that the other thing i'll say about it's more of a technical thing with that trap of our way into this world is through a person with the same abilities as us is mm -hmm. is a common criticism but i've always said you know for the rest of us that that person's not a bad portal with which to enter these sorts of worlds whether it's Matthew Broderick and Glory or whoever it's been, there've been hundreds of them throughout the ages where we're looking for the person like us that will take us on this journey. And that's a safe way for us, at least a safe starting position for us to start out with. Those stories have their value. This one does that brilliantly. It, mm-hmm. it, it, and, and that's amazing too. What did, what's the yeah. line from defending your life when, that his father says and lecture time, everybody get around and join the lecture. Yep. That's what these movies can feel like. And this just absolutely never, not for a second ever feels Mm -hmm. like that. It just doesn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This, uh, you know, I, I, I always go into movies like this, uh, very, very hesitant uh i i'm very sensitive about inspiration porn as i call it right 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 um and and this this movie does manipulate uh a bit and it's hard uh there's some aspects of it that i'm just like you know and i get it but um (laughs) but for the most part this movie uh i think it does successfully tell a, a wonderful story about this family's experience um and this community's experience and they're um,
2: they're all so real. Without, all four of them. Yeah. Um. The without best, yeah. Best with, actor at the Oscar winner or best supporting actor was what's his name? Uh. Troy. Troy Cutzer. Yeah. And um, obviously Marley Matlin. We all know is mm-hmm. brilliant as uh, the mom. Again, there, mm-hmm. uh, there's another trap which is to make the disabled character a saintly in some way. <laughs> Marley. Marley plays the in, Infuriating mom character like to a T and yet you still get yep. you still get her relationship with her family yeah, her, and the world yeah, and how real whole, it is.
1: Yeah, the whole Tinder is something we can do as a family. <laughs> uh it's yeah, it, it yeah. It,
2: it, you know, and it, the sister brother relationship that exists in the thing, it just mm-hmm. it, it's man, it 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 all of them, the the where it where the film I think falls down a little bit, she, she gets a boyfriend that she's interested in. That I don't think that stuff's mm-hmm. bad, but it is more conventional. And I think her, her, uh, her I'm going to trick you into being a better person mentor character <laughs> gets a little right. old at times, <laughs> but Correct. you know, but <laughs> mm-hmm. still, the, all that, that, all that aside, it's just, it, it, it's. I it, didn't. It, it, I. It made me feel more and made me care more about the world around me and the people in it than any other film mm-hmm. on this list. And so that's magic.
1: Yeah, but um, yeah. Bottom line, I. I. Uh, as we said before, we. I, I. do think that the Academy
2: probably got, got it right. right. Probably got it right. Yep.
1: Of the of these films.
2: Um. Oh, all right, folks. uh yeah. Erica, we didn't forget your comment. Oh, yeah, Sorry, your, Erica. Since yes. your film isn't featured here. We, we did will, yeah there we were, will bring we, it up in a future episode on a show where uh
1: yeah real yeah real briefly there was there were a lot of other films that um that we totally we specifically like. asked
2: what do you think but we in mm-hmm. the back of our minds we sort of knew we wouldn't have room for a lot of extra stuff on this episode um this is a this is a much better group of mm-hmm. films than the year before his films was um and I think this year's might be even a little better which is exciting um we'll get to your movie and we'll discuss it yeah we'll discuss it a little in because
1: uh erica erica doesn't uh doesn't necessarily even say that this should have been up for best picture no but she threw out just saying it should have been nominated she threw a movie neither of us had
2: seen into the arena and Mm -hmm. it's we're going to be worthy of our time so yeah thank you for that
1: um absolutely uh yes absolutely thank you um all right folks um season six we're off and running Thank Woo. you for the uh for joining us for our alt again. Um this Didn't like this power this of the dog. Year.
2: Come at me, bro. Come at oh, me. Oh, come at. Come at you, bro. You got to get Didn't don't like get. don't look up. Well. Who did Then Billy? Join me, bro. Join me. <laughs> <laughs> join me, bro. Join me, bro. <laughs> That's our challenge to you. <laughs> we didn't like it either. Right. So what? What are you going to make about there it? There you go.
1: Uh all right everybody, Is this cool? you can uh, yeah that, that's what that is what all the kids are doing yep uh you can reach out to us of course on facebook that's probably the uh easiest way to get a hold of us facebook uh the movie show with joel and ryan page on facebook yeah we don't even say we the are,
2: keyword out loud anymore
1: no we are still on instagram and tiktok and you know the, why you know yeah, why
2: we
1: and, don't. and uh at, at ask joel and ryan Ask Joel and Ryan at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, Uh, we are always, and if you were watching this on YouTube, uh, if you somehow got tricked and uh, stumbled and you, your face was in front of your screen for two hours, watching us on YouTube, you can leave a comment. We'll uh, we'll, I'll happily uh, get back to you on that. Um, All right, folks. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, we're going to see you next week. And we are off and rolling. Got lots of fun stuff coming. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan. Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now. Here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out.